Hello, and welcome to AOL Church, a place to connect. This is where we gather together common people and equip them to live connected lives. AOL Church exists to connect with God, connect with people, and ultimately connect people with God. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. Now, let's listen in on this week's sermon. You're standing, we're going to the book of Genesis, the 25th chapter, starting with verse 19. If you can't find Genesis, you're in the right place today. Praise God, hallelujah. It is the first book. You cannot miss it. Genesis, praise God, the 25th chapter, verse 19. After that, we're going to read several verses. We're going to read through verse 34, and then after that, we are going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll start with verse 12 through verse 17. They're going to have it on the screen for you if you want to follow along. Again, it is Genesis chapter 25, starting with verse 19 through verse 34. Verse 19 says this, And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, of uh, the Syrian of Pan-Dan-Aram, the sister to Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took a hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob, and Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. I want you to just keep that in your mind. He was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, which he wasn't. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, 
And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 12, we'll read through verse 17. Hallelujah. While you're turning there, forgot to mention this, but we prayed for Lindsay, and uh, she did get a hospital room, praise God. She did deliver a big <laughs> baby, hallelujah, baby boy, and we are so thankful that she's healthy, the baby's healthy, they're doing good, and praise God, hallelujah, we celebrate that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 through verse 17. Wherefore, lift up, thy, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men. Well, I'll stop, preach that right there. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Read that again. Follow peace with all men and holiness. It's not just good enough to get along, but holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person. What does that mean? That word profane means to be sensual, to be neglectful of spiritual things and a lover of the world and its things. Let's be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I'm preaching today on this thought. Don't faint now and forfeit your destiny. <clears throat> Don't faint now and forfeit your destiny. Hallelujah. Would you give God praise? either clapping your hands, lifting your voice, giving God some honor, some glory. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here. In the house of the Lord, again, you may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Very important that we are in the house of the Lord. It's very important that we give God praise. It's very important that we get our focus and our minds on God. 
in the hills of Tennessee, there is a breed of goats that is called the fainting goats. They are also known as nervous goats. They're also known as stiff leg goats. They're also known as wooden leg goats. They're also known as Tennessee scared goats. No one knows for certain where they originated from. But the first goats of this type were owned by a man who was thought to have come from Nova Scotia. It seems that they have developed a genetic disorder known as myotona that causes them to freeze up and faint very easily. The condition isn't harmful to them and only lasts a few seconds and then they are able to get up and go on. Anything can make them faint. They even faint when they get excited about eating. They faint. Don't look at anybody. Don't point fingers. Hallelujah. They get excited even when they're going to eat. They pass out. They give out. They make themselves vulnerable for the moment. Hallelujah. Then they get up. Praise God. Hallelujah. But what is it if you have the condition of every time something comes along, you faint, you fall, you just pass out. Hallelujah. And then by the grace of God, you get up again. What if you don't get up? We find in our text that Rebecca is pregnant. She's trying to understand this moment in her life. God already is looking beyond the moment and saying that in your belly are two different people. And then he looks down. And when he looks down through time, he says, no, they're not just two different people, but they're two different nations. So God is talking about nations and people while she's praying about babies. The reason you don't understand God's answer is because you're praying about your present and God's answering you about your future. The reason you're having trouble comprehending what God's doing because God is seeing beyond where you're at and he's speaking to you, hallelujah, about your future and not about your present. And the fighting starts in the womb. And Jacob and Esau being at war in the womb. They're fighting in the womb. There's a war going on in the womb. You don't get to be who you are without a fight. I'm going to just say that you don't get to be who you are without a fight. The twins are born. It has changed now territories. They have been born. They're fighting in the womb. Now they've been born. They're outside the womb. They've changed territories. Like the fight between good and evil continues. It started in heaven, then fell to the earth realm. It just changed territories. Jacob grabs Esau by the heel. 
The position is not lying right because the Bible, hallelujah, the Lord says to Rebecca that the elder shall serve the younger. Now that, now let's translate that out of this context of this text into our turbulent time, into our turbulent life, and into our personal life. And at the trial of your life, and at the trial of my life, is to make sure that the elder, the Bible says that the elder shall serve the younger. What does that mean, pastor? So I'm trying to make the old me serve the new me. That's what I thought I'd get. Hallelujah. See, the struggle is always a distraction for what God is about to do in my life and in your life. And the enemy wants me to be so focused on the struggle that I miss my destiny. And the enemy wants you to be so focused on the struggle so you miss your destiny. So you need to make up your mind right now. There's a lot of things going on in this world, but I'm not going to be focused on what the enemy's doing. I'm going to get my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to get my eyes. I'm not about to miss my destiny. They fought in the belly. They fought in the birth. And the next thing you know, they are grown up and they fight over this bowl of soup. And all of this text is talking about is dimensional warfare. They fight in the womb. They fight at the birth. Now when they're older, they're fighting over this bowl of soup, or should I say, over the birthright. It's talking about dimensional warfare. Esau is coming from the field. We read that Esau has been hunting, and not just hunting, but apparently for a long time. He's been out in the hot sun all day long, doing what he knows to do. He is gifted to do what he is doing. He's a hunter. He's grown up in this. He knows how to hunt. This is his ability. This is his uh, 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 thought in life to be a hunter. And he has been, he knows about hunting. He's doing all that he knows to do. He's doing what he's gifted to do with all of his skills. And with all of his knowledge, he's been planting traps. He has been in the chase longing for a catch or longing for a trophy. He's noticing the signs. He's noticing the natural habits. He's, he knows the lay of the land. He's tracking his prey. He's searching for food. He's searching for nourishment. He's searching for the perfect prize. And in the pursuit of fulfillment, he's waiting for the right moment. He's waiting for the right moment. He's fighting the elements. He's fighting the heat of the day. He's fighting the fatigue. He's fighting 
everything that is against him, doing all what he knows to do, which should guarantee a kill or which should guarantee a catch, working his skills and working his knowledge and working his instincts and working the land and working his weaponry. Come on, somebody. I've been working my ministry. I've been working my anointing. I've been doing everything I know what to do. I'm praying. I'm reading the word of the Lord. I'm working the weaponry of the spirit. I'm witnessing. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm believing in a healing. I'm believing in a miracle. I'm believing in a deliverance. I'm believing for a breakthrough. I'm doing everything I know to do. I work it all day. I'm out there. Hallelujah. And I got the skills and I got the knowledge and I'm doing everything I know to do. Hallelujah. But I'm weary and I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm coming back empty handed. And Cain is hunting all day and he's got nothing. When he returns home from being in the field, when he returns home from being in the heat, when he returns home doing everything he knows to do, but he's coming home with nothing. The Bible says he was faint. Came in, sold his birthright after finding that his brother Jacob has already prepared some food for himself. Esau says, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Esau comes in the house hungry. And we pass over all the childhood experiences they ever had. And we come down to their hunger. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Doesn't matter what has taken place all these years. Doesn't matter how Leah, who's hurt them. It doesn't matter what has happened in their life. It comes down to one thing, and the Bible points to it. It's about their hunger. The power of choice is always based on your values and your hunger. Esau comes in hungry. I wonder today if I could just stop and make this statement. Did anybody come to the house of the Lord hungry? Did anybody come with an appetite for God's word? Did anybody come hungry for his presence? Did anybody come hungry? Esau comes in hungry. Flesh is always hungry. More and more, flesh always wants something. I don't care if you've put it under subjection today. It's going to want something again tomorrow. Flesh always wants something. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I got to put this thing to death every single day. Flesh always wants something. 
Esau is so hungry, he values flesh over spirit. Give me some of what you got in that pot. Hunger is temporary discomfort. We are wrestling between temporary discomfort and long-term benefit. Never make a permanent decision over a temporary condition. The problem he had was a temporary condition, but he gave up was a permanent generational blessing. What he was dealing with is going to pass. What he's dealing with is only temporary. But he gave up, hallelujah, a permanent generational blessing. So what are you saying today, pastor? Tell me in your hunt. Tell me in your pursuit. Tell me in your journey. How bad does it have to get before you lose your birthright? Tell me how bad the day has to get for you to lose your salvation. Tell me what temptation that is waiting for you that will rob you of everything that God has given you. Mm -hmm. Tell me how bad it has to get. Hallelujah. For you to take manners in your own hands. Tell me how bad the day has to get. Tell me how bad 2020 has to get. Tell me how bad does Corona have to get. Tell me how bad does it have to get for you to lose your birthright. But you don't understand, Pastor. I've been doing this for I mean, so long, Pastor. Yeah, I've been working it. I've been doing this. And I've been doing that. I've been doing all the right things. And I've been here. And I've been, and I've been uh, faithful. And I've been committed. And Pastor, you don't understand. I've done all that. And, and I've come in empty-handed. Is it enough for you to sell the birthright? For you to lose your salvation in a time like this? Jacob recognizes the prime opportunity. Jacob fixed some soup waiting until Esau is hungry. Esau has the birthright. He has the blessing. He has the favor. Jacob tricked Esau out of his birthright altogether. Just took it from him. Playing on his weakness. There is a difference between wickedness and weakness. <laughs> In the world, they see them all the same. But there is a difference between somebody who is weak and somebody who is wicked. Esau was weak. And Jacob was wicked. Wicked tricked weak out of his birthright. Because weak is not used to saying no to physical need. Oh my gosh. Because weak is not used to saying no to physical need. And wicked is smart enough to exploit weakness. 
All right, I know I'm not going to get a whole lot. I know somebody ain't going to jump up and shout and run around on this, but that's all right. Hallelujah. I've got to preach this to you today. Wickedness is smart enough to exploit. Wickedness is smart enough to exploit weakness. If you're weak, don't hook up with wickedness. Mm. Say it again. If you're weak, don't hook up with wickedness because wickedness will study your weakness and exploit your weakness with their wickedness. Mm. This is Jacob and Esau, and I want you to understand what's going on here. So wicked beat weak, and all of a sudden, Esau loses his birthright because he cannot control his urges. You can be set up to be awesome. You can be set up to be something for God. You can be set up for God to use you mightily in the kingdom. You can be set up according to the destiny and the purpose God has in your life. But if you don't learn how to control your urges... If you don't know how to control your flesh, if you don't learn how to control your emotions, if you don't learn how to control your attitudes, you can lose your opportunity because you can't control your urges. So if you are gifted and if you are blessed, and you feel like the hand of destiny is on you, you ought to throw your hands up and say, Lord, help me with my urges. You ought to throw your hands up and say, God, help me with my flesh. You should have throw your hands up and say, God, help me with my attitude. God, help me. Because I would hate to lose my birthright for just a bowl of soup. I'm not about to forfeit everything that God has done in my life. He tells his brother, sell me this day your birthright. Not thinking rationally. My gosh, if I could just get a witness right here. Not thinking rationally. Because he felt he was going to die. He wasn't going to die. The enemy just makes you feel like you're going to die. He makes you feel like you're going to miss out. He makes you feel like you missed it. Hallelujah. He's not going to die. He tells his brother, what profit shall this birthright do to me? You better... Mm. What good can this birthright do me? He cared more about worldly things than God things. While Esau's behavior shows something about his nature, this situation shows us that he was a profane man, a man who cared little for spiritual things. Instead of being 
spiritual. He's sensual. Driven by his senses. Driven by his emotions. Driven by his feelings. Esau has been cheated and tricked and lied to. And he has every reason to despise Jacob. He has every reason to be frustrated. He has every reason to be angry. And the weird thing is, or the weird thing about this is, that Esau is not a believer. And yet, he's a good man. But he's not a God man. Jacob is a God man. But he's not a good man. Esau should have jumped back and fled from that scene right there. He should have said, wait a minute. Mm -mm. My birthright? No way. No, sir. It ain't been that bad. He should have said, it's been a long day. I've come home empty-handed. I'm frustrated because I've done everything I know what to do. And I come home and I have nothing. But now you're asking me about a birthright? Oh, no. He should, have, he should have fled right there, but he failed to do so. And Esau paints a picture of people who have no concern about things to come. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to try it again. He paints a picture about people who have no concern about things to come, even though, according to Hebrews 11 and 20, they both were blessed by Jacob. Esau lost out on more than just his birthright. He also lost his father's blessing that would have empowered him to prosper in every area of his life. What does that mean? That means future things. Many people in the body of Christ today are like Esau, that they don't show much concern about getting the blesser. Instead, they want the blessing. They want the sensual things. They want the blessings instead. I don't know about you today, and it's quiet, and that's good, but I'm more interested in the blesser than I am in the blessings. Can I preach it the way I want to? Hallelujah. There's too many people waiting for things to get back to normal, and not many people waiting, hallelujah, to get back to God. I'm more interested in getting back to God than I am getting back to normal. Normal may never come. Normal may never be again. But i got to get back to the blesser. This blessing would have been an empowerment of power resulting in prosperity, resulting in success. And this, and I came today to affirm to you that this morning that we have to have received a birthright. We didn't deserve it. I'm going to try it again. We didn't deserve it. I like when they sang. I like when my wife testified. I like what she said. We didn't deserve it any more than Jacob did. We didn't deserve it any more than Esau did. We too stood in line and received what the elder brother should have received, that he gave it up freely. And at the moment we accepted Christ, 
into our lives, a transfer of birthright is completed. We become recipients, worthy or not. I said we become recipients, worthy or not, of all that belongs to the firstborn, which is Jesus Christ. And the implications are grand. And the implications are rich. And just as meaningful as the birthright that Jacob received. The birthright means that we have access to life. But not just to life, but life more abundantly. It means we've got a double portion of everything that's in the birthright. Oh my God. We have authority to bind, but we have authority to loose. We have authority to bless, and we have authority to curse. We have become heirs. Somebody should praise him on that. We have become heirs and joint heirs. We operate under his name. We operate in his power. We have access to provision. We have access to healing. We have access to deliverance. We have access to miracles. Where we were once faced with defeat and meaningless existence, we now have the opportunity to become great people, chosen people, children of the kingdom of God. The point is that too many people are like Esau and when they are at their weakest point and they have a great need or when they are suffering, instead of waiting upon the Lord in prayer, they just faint away and fall out. Mm-hmm. They were running well, doing good. Everything seemed to be all right. Everything seemed to be good. Everything seemed to be online. Hallelujah. Until I've worked it all this time and I've come in empty handed. I've worked it all this time and I've come in with nothing. You did run well. They were doing their best to serve the Lord. But they became weary. Uh They were overcome with spiritual weakness. And they just keeled over and fainted. You just can't do anything for them for a while. There's no reasoning There's no talking. They have a sort of spiritual myotona that gives them a stiff neck. The condition blinds them from what the devil is doing for a little while in their life. Causes them to have a deaf ear to hear anything that the Lord's trying to say to them. And makes them hard to reach. For a time they're frozen in their tracks. As though they just can't seem to make up their mind. Whether to get back in serving the Lord or not. 
whether to get back on track or not. They're just frozen. They're just fell out. They've just fainted. I think it would be good right here to stop and remember what Isaiah said in 40 and 28 and 31. He says, Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. You didn't hear me. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even the youth can contract COVID-19. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not. Oh, if we can learn to wait on the Lord in times of weakness. If we can wait, hallelujah, to learn to wait on the Lord in time of illness. If we can wait, hallelujah, on the Lord in times of adversity, in times of discouragement, in times of distress. It would just... Oh. If we could learn to wait on the Lord and not take matters in our own hands, it could just learn to wait on the Lord at all times. Pastor, we want one of those shouting messages. We want some of those, those positive messages. Here it comes. Ready? I'm going to preach to you a positive message right now. I'm positive that if you stay on your knees before God and wait on the Lord, that there won't be any fainting and falling out. That's what I thought I'd get. I'm positive if we serve the Lord with all our hearts and live a sanctified, holy, separate life unto the Lord and allow Jesus to be the Lord in our lives that we will make heaven our home. There couldn't be a more positive message than that one right there that teaches us how to get to heaven. And I don't know where you are today. And I don't know where your mindset is today. And I don't know what you're dealing with today. But I'm telling you right now, this preacher, this pastor has made up his mind. I'm doing everything I have to do to make it to heaven. (laughs) 
I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I don't care how many people are talking about me. I don't care how many people have gone behind my back. I don't care what people, hallelujah, want to get online and say things. I don't care what they want to say on Facebook, Instagram. I don't care what anybody thinks. Anybody cares. All I care about is one thing. I've got to get back to my blesser. I've got to get back in relationship with my God. I've got to make it to heaven. I've worked too hard. I've done everything I know what to do. I've worked my anointing. I've worked my ministry. I've done everything I know. I put my knowledge to death. I put my ability to work. I put everything I do. And though I still may come in empty-handed, I still want God in a relationship. And I want to make heaven. Hallelujah. I don't care what temptation's waiting me. It's not worth my birthright. I don't care what the enemy tries to put in front of me. It's not worth my birthright. I'm not losing my salvation over COVID-19. I'm not losing my salvation over some sickness. I'm not losing my salvation over political correctness. I'm... mm. I'm not losing my salvation over prejudice. I will make heaven. I'm not going to lose my salvation over people that are disgruntled. I'm not going to lose my birthright over people, hallelujah, that are not with me. I'm not going to lose my birthright over people, hallelujah, that are disjointed and and disunified. I'm not going to lose my, hallelujah, my salvation and my birthright, hallelujah. Want to go? Go, hallelujah. But I am not going to lose out with God now. God's getting ready to do something powerful. God's getting ready to do something amazing. God's getting ready to do something miraculous. I don't like that type of preaching. Sorry, I'm going to preach it like it's my last message that I'm preaching. You're going to offend people. Sorry, I'm preaching it like it's my last message. Your salvation is too important. Your salvation is too important. Your family is too important. Heaven is too important. Some people will faint and fall out if their finances go south for a while. Some people will faint if their car breaks down. 
And just hallelujah, with that right there in mind, it just pops up in my mind. Hallelujah, Karina is on her way right now. She's traveling from Wisconsin to Lynchburg. Hallelujah. She's making this her home. This is going to be her home church. She's got a job. She's asked us if you would pray for her. Hallelujah. For safe travels in Jesus' name. And I pray right now, God, I plead the blood of Jesus. Give her safe travels, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let her make it here safely in the name of Jesus. She has obeyed the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. She's obeyed, Lord God, what you said. Now, Lord, put your hand on her. Some will faint if their car breaks down. Some will faint if their favorite team loses. Or has to change their name. Some will faint if their children are sick. Some will faint if the devil just says, you know what? I'm going to kill you. Some will faint if the world just waves its hand over them in some threatening matter. Oh, can I tell you a secret? China just reported the other day that there's an outbreak that they are labeling pneumonia, right? Black plague, pneumonia, that is worse than COVID-19. Oh, Pastor, that's just a coincidence. Think it if you want to. Somebody's releasing something. Or this has mutated into something that's worse than they ever thought. We're living in the days that the Bible says. We're living in the days that the pages come out and come to life as pestilence is on the face of the earth. We're living in the days. Like it or not, hallelujah. Like it or not, your best defense is not medicine. Your best defense is not your medical physician. Your best defense is the power of the name of Jesus. If it's my last breath, I'm not calling on Blue Cross. If it's my last breath, I'm not calling on Sintra. If it's my last breath, I'm saying in the name of Jesus. We faint. We kill over at the slightest move of the devil. At the slightest move of the enemy. Proverbs 24 and 10. Oh, I'm really going to lose people now. Proverbs 24 and 10 it says, If thou faint, if thou faint in the day of adversity, Thy strength is small. There's a reason so many church people faint and fall out of the church. Their strength is small. Oh, they're good when everything's going good. 
They're good when their position or their ministry is thriving. But they fell faint in the day of adversity because their strength is small. Why is their strength small? They haven't eaten enough of the right kind of spiritual food. Pastor, don't preach like that. Sorry, already into it. They're not eating the right spiritual food. They are surviving on junk food of Christianity. You can get people to a concert. Just say you're having a concert. You really want to feel the church? Just tell them, come, there's free food. My gosh, we won't have enough seats in this place. You can get them to come out to a dinner. You can get them to church when there's something exciting going on. You can get them to all kinds of sorts of things that are easy to swallow and taste good going down. But you can't get to them to take any real spiritual food. Try to teach them the real word of God. And they won't swallow it. Try to teach them the real word of God. Pastor's too hard. Try to teach them about living righteous and holy before God. And they'll faint. Right then and there. They'll just faint. Try to preach repentance for sin. And they'll just stiffen up. And faint right on the spot. Try to get them to read the word of the Lord. The only inspired, infallible word of God. And they will faint very quickly and quit reading. Oh, they can read novels. They can watch TV. They can Ben watch TV. They can get on them series, hallelujah, and watch a whole series in two days. Never get up, never brush the teeth, lay on the couch, hallelujah, ain't took a shower, praise God. Hair, I'm not even going to describe, praise God. Armpit smell, I'm not even going to go there, hallelujah. They'll watch for hours on end, but they can't even read 10 minutes in the Word of God. Why, Pastor? We've got to give them potato chips and soda of choice of the gospel. But we can't give them any real meat because their spirit just can't handle it and they'll faint. We are raising up a bunch of overfed, overweight, undernourished, fainting Christians. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody drop a pin. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who have developed a spiritual myotona that makes them stiffen up and fall out when anything's too strong for them spiritually is fed to them. Tell me how good I am, Pastor. Pat me on my back. We got great people. 
We got a great church. But I'm trying to tell you right now, we're living in the last days. We're living in the moment where you're going to come in and you're going to be frustrated. You're going to feel faint and weary. You might come in with nothing in your spirit, nothing in your, in your mind, nothing in your heart, and you're going to feel like, you know what? I'm going to be vulnerable. And the enemy's studying your weakness with his wickedness. Mm. The, the strength of a fainting Christian is small. Because they just don't exercise spiritual muscles. It's too easy to be a bench warmer. It's too easy to be a spiritual couch potato or, 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 or coach. Hallelujah. If I was pastor, you're not. Well, if I was in that position, you ain't been called to. Well, if I was going to do it, you're never going to. Well, if God would give me. No, sorry. Not your calling. Not your position. It's too easy to be a bench woman and say, that's what I do. It's too easy to be someone to sit there and complain about everything. Well, they don't have this. and when, well, well, my gosh, we're not starting on time today. Oh, it's a minute after. Huh? It's 10.06. We haven't started on time. So what? <laughs> You're in the house of the Lord. Can you pray an extra minute? <laughs> we need to start on time. Our time is valuable. Why? Where are you going? Everything's restricted. Everything. What is so important? Hallelujah. Other than the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. It takes effort to exercise. I should get a lot more amens than that. It takes effort to exercise. Hallelujah. It takes effort to exercise. And develop a strong faith. Okay? It takes effort to exercise. But don't limit that to the physical. Because the Bible says... Physical exercise profiteth little. It's nothing compared to the spiritual exercise. It takes effort to exercise and develop a strong faith and a close walk with God. Galatians 6 and 9 says, And let us not be weary in... Somebody knows the word. And well-doing. For in 
we shall reap if we faint not. What does that mean? There is coming a season. There is coming a reaping. There is coming a harvest. There is coming a revival if we faint not. It will happen if you do it the right way. It will come to pass if you do it God's way. It will be fulfilled. I get concerned every time I see fainting Christians fall out with God and fall out with the church. Because there's not always a guarantee they'll rise again. Sooner or later, perhaps after many years of feigning, rising time and again, time and again, time and again, those feigning Christians will faint and never rise again. And I'm afraid for feigning Christians who don't have the strength to stand or will continue to continue on in the face of adversity. Why do you say that today, Pastor? Because it's not going to get any better. I'm afraid that they're going to faint one too many times and may never rise again. Never come back to the house of God. Never make heaven their home. Never fulfill their purpose and destiny. Never see the fulfillment of what God wants them to do in the kingdom of God. Where do we find those who faint and never rise again? You want me to show you their destiny? I need at least one person. Thank you. Praise God. Let me show you their destiny. <laughs> Isaiah 13, 6 and 8. Isaiah 13, 6 and 8. Let me tell you something. And I know we're online, but we have got some of the most faithful AV and media people. <clears throat> For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be and every man's heart shall melt and they shall be afraid. Pains and sorrow shall take hold of them they shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Amen. 
Jesus is coming soon. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Jesus is coming soon. It won't be long until he comes for his sheep. Oh, don't say that, Pastor. Hallelujah. That, that's not the term of the day because we're just getting all kind of uh, stuff on Facebook. You're being sheepish, wearing masks. You're being sheepish. He will come for his sheep. He will come for the true church and takes home to be with him. Isaiah said, all hands be faint and every man's heart shall melt. Where are those who are fainting? Where are those whose heart melted and every wind of adversity has taken them here, taken them there? Where are those who lived in defeat because they're afraid of the battle? And it's not in context with the scripture because the scripture is talking about something totally different. But what if you take that scripture and say, and their faces, it says as flames, but what about if their faces are in flames? Isaiah said their pain and their sorrow will ever increase and never cease. They will be amazed where they find themselves. I want you to hear that. They will be amazed at where they find themselves. How did it come to this? How did I wind up in this place? How did I ever let this really happen in my life? It's time to stop fainting and start waiting on the Lord. It's time to stand strong in the faith and in the trust of your heavenly Father. It's time to wait on the Lord. It's time to wait on the Lord. Don't take matters in your own hands. It's time to wait on the Lord. Don't do it because you're hallelujah, you're faint, you're weary. Wait on the Lord. Don't do it because you've been doing everything you know what to do and you're still empty-handed. Wait on the Lord. Those who truly sell out to God and those who learn to exercise their spiritual muscles through prayer, fasting, studying the word of the Lord, being faithful to the call of God upon their lives will stand when the times get rough. Will stand when the times get tough. They have learned to trust upon the Lord and lean on His Word. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk with the Lord, every wind of adversity, 
every trouble that comes, and they will not faint. If COVID-19 comes, I'm not going to faint. If something worse than that's behind it, I'm not going to faint. Don't faint now and forfeit your destiny. Pastor, you don't understand. I've done everything I know to do. Wait on the Lord. I feel so empty. Wait on the Lord. I feel so alone. Wait on the Lord. Don't sell your birthright. Don't sell your salvation in a time like this. Stand to your feet. And as you do, if you just close your eyes. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. We won't bring it to the altar. We'll just make it right where you're at. But if you're right, if you feel this, if you feel God, done everything I know to do, God. It's been a long journey. It's been a long day. I've tried to do everything. I've worked it the best I know how to work it, but I've come in and, and nothing. I'm empty-handed and every temptation's being thrown at me and everything is being cast my way. And Lord God, I can't. Lord God, I can't faint now. I can't kill over now. I can't give up now. I can't sell my birthright. I can't sell my salvation. You feel like that, hallelujah, right where you are. Either lift your hands or start lifting your voice and would you begin just to pray to God, God, in the day of adversity, I'm not going to faint. In the day of trouble, I'm not going to give up. In the day, Lord God, that I seem to be empty-handed, Lord God, I'm not selling my birthright. I'm not losing out on my salvation now. It's not about coming back to normal. It's about coming back hungry with the right spirit, with the right attitude, with the right mind, with the right heart. It's about coming back to God. It's about realizing what he's done for you in your life. It's about realizing what you have. You've got a birthright. You've got an inheritance. You've got salvation. You've got something. Don't give up now. Don't faint now. Don't die now. Forfeit your destiny. 